Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today on the podcast, we have a full lineup. We got a full room here, and I am stoked about it. Absolutely jacked. We got your normals, Rob Croyle and Logan Daly. Yes, we do. Hello. But joining us again are the abnormals. The abnormals. (laughs) The outsiders, if you will. Jacob Croyle. Hello. He's back. Yep. Back again. Guess who's back? Jacob's back. I, I, that, we're, not, we're, we're not gonna go with Eminem on another podcast. Too late. Already did it. Um and joining us, special guest, Marty Solomon. Here I am. Oh. I think next time we do Eminem, let's do it right. <laughs> you know, I think that takes all the fun out of it. This the spaghetti one a couple weeks ago, that was pure gold though. Like it would, I quoted the intro to like uh Lose, lose, not, yeah, lose the eight mile. Like, if you only get lose one yourself. shot, one, yeah, mm-hmm. lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And I somehow turned that into whatever we were talking to at the tail end. That, that was, was really, really kind of funny. It was better execution. That unlock an <clears throat> achievement, a footnotes achievement. It might have. Yeah. I, we, there should be, like, we use Fireside and they give me little badges for things. There should be a badge for that. Uh, take note, Fireside. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we got we're gonna have we're gonna have a grand old time today. I can feel it. Mm. Uh, starting off with the fact that we got shortcomings for today, which the shortcoming for today is that nobody came to church. No, no, our um, numbers dropped significantly. It was we went from our normal attendance down to Rob, Jacob, and me. Marty showed up late. Yeah, Marty showed up late. <laughs> Did uh, you get in a fight with your family on the way here? I, I try. Act. Oh man, actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, that got real. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> to to bring everybody else inside the joke, uh, we decided to cancel services today due to coronavirus, mm-hmm. uh, COVID nineteen, hashtag insanity pandemic, uh, taken over the world by storm. Uh, it's going viral. If you would, yeah, that was a really bad joke. Was, I feel bad for saying that. That was, that was <laughs> usually oh, I would say stuff like that, and you yikes. Would cringe. But. On a roll, on a roll, spreading like the plague. Anyway, uh, what that, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Anyway, so yeah, we decided to cancel services and have everybody practice safe social distancing. Um. So, well we are recording this everybody else is probably listening to the sermon which we pushed out early um so rob did a great job with recording to an empty room me and jacob were uh just the best audience Mm -hmm. really the best audience uh and uh i felt the support yeah yeah uh i've decided we're gonna get you a laugh track I'm gonna I'm gonna get some triggers and we'll be able to do a laugh track for you and sound effects while you're doing the sermons. I think it'll be a lot. You're more not fun. gonna be able to hear it though. So yeah, oh, that'll be even <laughs> darn, better. Darn, I hate it when I tell a, a fantastic joke and no one laughs. Perfect, perfect. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the shortcomings for today. Uh, just dealing with the insanity of going on going on social social lockdown. Going to flatten the curve and hopefully. Hopefully protect some people. We we joke about it, but hopefully that'll help protect some people. So, 
Well, my favorite tweet for the day, uh, I'll have to do it from memory. I was trying to find it. But a, a gal said, hey, uh, since we're live streaming from home and watching, participating with our service from home, yeah, um, to keep things legit, should we uh, make it late? Show up ten minutes late. Show up ten minutes late to the to the to the live stream. To the live stream. Absolutely. And fight on the way there. Oh, for sure. For sure. So that yeah. thus thus, Marty, you showed up late, but did you have a fight? We took care of it all. We oh, got it man. all. Typical Sunday morning. Yeah. Checked it all off. Checked it all off. Nailed it. All right. Well, let's dive right in and we'll start off talking about uh the implication this week, Rob. You had God invites you to join with him in his work. We've been going through experiencing God and talking about what that's like. And this week we're talking about God inviting you to join him in his work. Yeah, and you know, as, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about Marty um, being here. Uh, yeah, I, Marty, I know that this has just been a theme that you have preached on for years, that God's looking for partners and uh, if we if we trust that uh, he does want to partner with us, and if we join him in that, that uh, that's when the story really starts to change for us. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be something that he, a method that he continually uses, and I'm not even sure it's not necessarily a logical move. It's not reasonable because um, why would he go to the extra effort of orchestrating the exodus by taking a guy like Moses. Probably not the most efficient move, if you know your story of the exodus, using Moses to help him out. Um, yeah, yeah, Moses kind of fought him along the way, didn't he? Yeah. and Probably not, like, when he could have just probably done the exodus story from his throne room. Probably mm-hmm. not the most efficient move. So it's not for efficiency's sake that God is choosing partners. And yet he just keeps insisting on from Abraham and the patriarchs, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way through Moses, all the way through the prophets or the kings. God keeps insisting that he wants partners. Uh, obviously, I think we'd extend that through the Gospels and discipleship and the Holy Spirit coming and empowering God's people in a new way. This is, this is how God puts the world back together. Yeah, and when you, when you say that, I think of a picture of, of my son Jacob, who's in the room with us, he was uh, oh, probably two or three at the time, and I was adding on to my house, and Jacob uh, was thoroughly involved um, at that time. He, uh, he's got a plastic hard hat on. He's got his ear up to to the phone so he could you know make sure he's got the right supplies coming in and then uh, he's got his plastic hammer stuffed into his diaper and uh you know and jacob wanted to be like his dad right you, you had know, your I'm, plastic hammer stuffed into your diaper well uh <laughs> minus the diaper yeah he, he managed to have a, a tool I should have said, depends. <laughs> oh, yep. Man. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Man, uh, I hate it. The puns in this room have definitely 
not gotten any better up to their up their game which i'm not sure is a good thing yeah that's uh that's the picture right there oh yeah absolutely classic the post that in the show notes for oh man yeah, yeah that that might need to go in the show notes that's pretty cool jacob's looking excited about that uh, i don't mind <laughs> he's like nah i'm a beautiful baby yeah and, and you know and the thing is is i mean the best part about that is i mean he wants to participate he wants but who really does the heavy lifting? Right. Who really does the heavy lifting? Who really actually does effective work? And but the relationship is—that's kind of what he's after. Yeah. I, I remember teaching a class once um, uh, for. It was kind of designed for new believers, new members of the church, that kind of thing, in a uh, an old past life of mine. And we were we were wrestling with some of these similar thoughts, and I remember. Uh, I had a bunch of uh, parents in the room coming from broken family situations. I remember asking one of them, uh, they had just had a, a, one of them just had a son that turned 16 and got his driver's license. And I said, okay, here's a hypothetical situation. Let's imagine your son uh, takes his new driver's license, takes your car out tomorrow night. Uh, she was a teacher at elementary school, the mom was. And he goes and he just loads up the back trunk of your Honda with spray paint. Drives on down to the school that you teach at and just graffitis the whole, just ruins it. Just destroys the property. Like breaking windows, graffitiing the whole school, like whatever. I said, now let's say in this imaginary world that you, mom, have unlimited resources. You could snap your fingers and have a new school built by the next Friday. Right. I said, do you do this? And everybody in the room like immediately answers, like, no. Right. Of course you don't just rebuild the school. And I said, but why? You have unlimited resources. Like, what, what, what do you do? And all these parents were, well, I, I grab my son. I twist his ear. I throw him in the car. We put some, some soap and some brushes in the, in the trunk, and we grab some primer, and we go down, and we start cleaning up the mess. Absolutely. I said, it's the most inefficient thing. Why would you do that? And they said, and they didn't use these words, but at the end of the class, we said, because there's something redemptive in the process of, and in this world, like we, I'm using that word very loosely, like we created this mess and God's like, okay, you're going to help me put this back together. Mm. So that's what I've I've often thought of that. It's a really good analogy. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's... uh, talking with a couple guys this week about their experience with uh, seeing God at work and, and conversations that take place that they just sense that God's in the middle of that conversation. And it just, like the energy that they felt was just kind of oozing out of them as they shared their stories. And I just love, love hearing those stories, love seeing our people yeah. engage in that. that was, and, I mean, I was there for the tail end of the Mike story. Right. That you used because um, you and you you mentioned that they he managed to introduce him to me, which I was picking up Mike at the airport and I come driving up and he's having this conversation with two people, which like oh, okay he's being so and then they come walking over like all three of them come walking towards my car, and I'm like am I giving <laughs> more people a ride home? What what? And then I so I roll down the window and Mike's like. I met these people. I was telling them about the care group and they wanted to come meet my pastor. And I was like, eh, limbically called pastor. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm okay with it. It's fine. 
I have responsibilities in life now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, you claimed me. Because uh, deflect with humor. Yes, yes, but, we do. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. But nonetheless, so, and, and then he gets in the car and we're talking and he's telling me the story of this, of, of meeting, meeting this lady on the plane and talking about it and because of the book that he was reading and stuff. And it was just like, it was, it was, I'm, I'm listening to him talk and tell me about this and he's excited. Like, yeah. it was exciting. And then she sends him a text message because he had given her his contact information and like how to get in touch with us and, Blah, blah blah, and she sends him a text message within the time that we're like leaving the airport, and he was like, "I guess she's actually interested in this. Like, yeah. it wasn't just being social. Like, no, nope, actually reaching out." And like, Mike was excited. Yeah, well done, Mike, because I know Mike listens to this at least once. Yes, he so does. He's, he's probably, probably running right about now. He's probably running. Run faster, Mike. Run harder. Pace yourself, Mike. Pace. <laughs> Pace is good. It's a sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> We need to pan that so we're on either either shoulder. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes, full I'll circle. The angel, last week. thank you. <clears throat> oh man. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, no, he was he was excited, and it was it was just really cool to see one of our people kind of taking this to heart and digging into it and getting excited and seeing some you know little baby fruit, but fruit nonetheless. Sure, coming out of that, uh, sure, pretty cool. So, and time will tell what what kind of ripple effects that encounter will have and whether it'll lead to something big or, or just that great moment. Sure. Absolutely. You know, where you felt like you're being used by God in the midst of, you know, just traveling home. Yeah. And that might play out years down the road and we might never know the resolution of that. Um, but partnering in that, in that fashion, I think is important and it's cool. Absolutely. Nifty, nifty. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, you mentioned in the sermon, uh, the uh, the guy that wanted to be a disciple of Jesus, and but he wanted to he wanted to wait. Like he he's he's timid about this. And he wants to wait until he can uh, bury his father. I think you said this comes out of Luke. Uh, was it Luke nine fifty seven and sixty two? I think I got it pulled up here. Yep. Uh, the cost of following Jesus is what my ESV gives it as a, uh, <clears throat> a little subtitle. Uh, 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have air. Uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me, go, uh, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Like a savage. Like, just straight savage right there. Uh, but as, as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but f- let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Uh, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Um, so we've got this this uh burying the father there's some context to this and you kind of you kind of mentioned that this was going to take like a year yeah apparently uh burying your father is not the same kind of process that we take in the US and uh, Marty you, you you've talked about this on your podcast 
Yeah, I've heard a few different takes of this from people that I really respect and had some good ideas. My understanding of this that I I cling to what is most likely taking place here. So after a family member dies, you you take them, you you and we see this even in the story of Jesus and his death. The problem with Jesus is he's dying on a Sabbath. So it throws mm-hmm. everything into kind of a you can't you can't engage us on the Sabbath. So they need to get him into the tomb, but they can't actually engage the process until after the Sabbath is over. This right. is the context right behind the the resurrection story. But typically you would take the take the body, you'd put it in the tomb, you would and I, I always say the word embalm. It's it's actually the, the exact opposite of embalming. You use the spices, you use the um, all the different materials that you're going to put on the body is actually to speed up decomposition. Like we're used to embalming as like it slows down the process. It's like the opposite. This is to speed up decomposition because on the one year anniversary of uh, that family member's death, you're going to go into the tomb. What's going to be sitting there is just a bare skeleton with some um, tendons and you're going to cut the tendons. You're going to take all the bones. You're going to put those bones into a box called an ossuary and you're going to put that ossuary into your family's cabinet, if you will. There's a, a, a hole in the tomb that you put your family's ossuaries in, and that's where your family is buried with your father. So, so if he's burying his father, it's likely that he's in that one year. His father's probably already died, and he knows that he's in this one. If I follow you, I may not be here when that anniversary comes around, and it's time for me to bury my father's bones. Now, Behind all of that was a Jewish, I don't know if I would call it superstition. Um, I don't even know if I would call it bad theology, just whatever theology. That was where um, that was where a person was redeemed. The redemption happened in that process. Because mm-hmm. you had family there to take care of you, that's what kind of redeemed you for the life to come. Um, kind of superstitious, kind of bad theology, kind of whatever you want to look at that. Kind of like... Uh, I don't want to know if I want to link purgatory to bad theology or not. But in the same sense that a lot of Christians see some of those, they had that same kind of understanding about this process. Sure, sure. They had attached a lot of meaning to it. Well, we get weird about death. Sure. I mean, I, I think of the the Mormons have, uh, they won't cremate, right? If I remember correctly. Like, they won't cremate because they, they think that it's the, the actual body. Yeah. Um, that could bear That you end up with in whatever their afterlife is. Yeah. Um, you know, that's... That's them. I, even within Christianity, there there's some yeah. weird cultural traditions. Yes, absolutely. I would I would they probably are more cultural than actual like theology. Right. Um, and this is probably what Jesus is speaking into. Are these weird? It makes sense. And he's you know in the same way that I think in the Old Testament you see God saying I'm a God of the living, not a God of the dead. Mm. Right? There's a kingdom going on right now in this place. So let there will be other people there to bury your father. Yeah. And if if we're gonna get hung up in the in the land of the dead, let the dead bury the dead. Yeah, that, but like we got that, work to the do. The dead bury the dead, like that. That sounds vicious. Yeah. Like, oh man, Jesus slapping this guy down. Yeah. But how many times have we've heard people say, uh, "I would get involved in discipleship. I would get involved in the church more, but," and there's all these buts, all these reasons, and at the surface they sound plausible. They sound. Sure. Respectable, but really at the heart of it, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably some fear. There's probably some. Just not bought in all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's fun. Good little footnote fodder right there. 
So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the because this is on everyone's mind, like coronavirus, dealing with a pandemic. Mm. But let's uh, let's put this in perspective for how do we walk this out as Christians? Like, what do we do? How do we walk this out with faith? Um, like, how do we like we cancel? Obviously, we canceled services today. Right. Um, what was the? Do you want to explain what the like the logic where how we ended up at that conclusion? Well, we know that the um, this virus is very uh, contagious. Um, people um, can have can be contagious for quite some time long before they ever ever have symptoms. So to just simply say, hey, don't show up to church if you have symptoms doesn't really solve anything because people could be contagious. All four of us in this room could be contagious, and we wouldn't know uh, for Feeling quite, very, quite very self-conscious about the amount of space between all of us now. I'm yeah. staring at the cushion on my microphone thinking... When was the last time I that can. was... Uh, when was that last disinfected? I yeah. stopped earlier this my week. Microphone. Your point is ringing true, Rob. Ringing yeah. true. Yeah, and so um, our congregation, uh, we have we have a number of people that uh, could be high risk, high risk, mm-hmm. and so we want to definitely protect um, those folks. And uh, and I think you know. I think with some creativity. So during this time with the pandemic, um, the um, the mode of operation becomes self protect, mm-hmm. self protect, self protect. Absolutely. We want to provide um, wisdom where wisdom, you know, is needed, but also look for ways to look out. Mm-hmm. And and look beyond our four walls, and so uh, we 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 held our service or we recorded our service early so we could post it by ten thirty. This next week we're going to go to live streaming of our services, which will allow us to share both worship and the sermon, and so you'll be able to experience a lot of your normal worship service mm-hmm. from home. And figure out a little bit kind of how to participate together. And then we're going to have to, as a as a church, just figure out how to look beyond our four walls and yeah. and see the people that are at risk, see the people that, uh, you know, don't have the supplies to last them weeks on end if they need to stay uh, yeah. secluded for for whatever reason if they are uh, high risk. Well, Jesus didn't say love your neighbor until it becomes inconvenient because you know there's a virus and you might get sick, so. You know, stop loving your neighbor then and start stocking up on toilet paper, um, you know, because you're terrified. That's, right. That, I, I, I missed that translation. Um, pretty sure he didn't say that. So. Um, yeah. So I think I think this is a great time for the church to be creative. I, you know, for us, you know, we start talking about this on Thursday. You know, how do we hold services? How do we uh still have care groups and care groups will move to zoom meetings, which is a uh, online video conferencing capability that we have as a church. Mm-hmm. And we'll take advantage of that. And so folks will be able to still continue to have the conversation, but not expose each other potentially to, yeah, to the virus. Uh, if any, any of us have been exposed, I uh, will be able to limit that and we'll give this time to, um, 
Just slow down the spread of it. Yeah, slow down the spread Help. and give give our health community time to find figure ways. out and deal with it. Yeah, they're creative yeah. too. I love, yeah. you know, like like we have some brilliant people in this country, and and they're solving problems. I was talking to my primary care physician on Friday, and he said there's already new testing methods coming out. They're mm-hmm. quicker to to uh, deploy. I heard they were looking for volunteers for uh, vaccine testing. Really? They were going to give you forty six hundred bucks to infect yourself, uh, and to like take the the vaccine test and then like be infected. I was like, that's so tempting. Mm. And then I then I was like, well, that's just not logistically very feasible. No. But oh man, that sounded that forty six hundred bucks to just infect yourself. I'm like, I'm pretty low risk. This sounds great. Everybody listening to footnotes is going to want to know for sure what your decision was. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I will not. Clarification on that. Clarification. Logan is not infecting himself on purpose. <laughs> I definitely, there's like, it's definitely a time to be doing the responsible thing, but the why behind you do the responsible thing is even more critical for like our mm. conversation here because you yeah. can do the responsible thing for self-preservation. You can do the responsible thing because you're looking out for other people. Yep. So you can be doing the same exact thing for different reasons. And and when I started to understand that the reason that we were doing all these things, the reason that the, the, the country is reacting the way that it is on like all these public levels is because we're learning from the things that others have been through. We're looking at our healthcare system. Absolutely. We're realizing that there are people that are going to need this and if we don't slow this down, mm-hmm. uh, the people that need help the most aren't going to get it. The people that are going, people are going to be hurt. So, so that 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 helped me. And then to realize that yes, in the midst of all of this, new needs arise, and there's going to be people that sure. need to respond to those needs. Needs, but we don't know because this is not usual. No, this is no. new. This is brand no. new territory for all of us, and we really don't know what we're doing. But if there's something that people need. Hopefully, we do know the people that can rise to the occasion. Yeah, would, and unite as a community to help take care of each other. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so for looking for ways to stay connected, we're gonna we're gonna look for that because we're we are called to relationship. We're called to relational discipleship that hasn't changed because of a virus. Uh, it won't change tomorrow. Didn't change yesterday. Just so changes how it looks. We will stay connected. Uh, we may we'll look for different tools for facilitating that connection mm-hmm. uh as a staff we'll be reaching out to our folks on a regular basis on uh, you know typically you know we'd be going out for coffee now now be going for a phone call um so we'll be doing that we'll just meet in a park and you can stand over there and i'll stand over here and we'll be 20 30 feet apart there you go we'll play, we'll play frisbee with lysol <laughs> frisbee with lysol <laughs> you know just and imagine then, catching the frisbee Spraying it off with Lysol, throwing it back. They spray it with Lysol. We throw it back. <laughs> Some <laughs> uh, so inefficient, but yeah, I'm there for it. We need to make a video, Jacob. Mm. <laughs> Jacob's not there for it. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play. I'm gonna social you. distance myself from you. Yeah, <laughs> sounds a little close. All of the introverts are excited. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. been preparing our whole lives for this moment. <laughs> That's right, Marty. You're I always forget you're pretty introverted. 
just giddy with excitement. And like, quarantine? How long? I want to promise you guys we'll all be okay. Some of us will thrive. <laughs> some, <laughs> some uh, you know, and then I think also there's a reality that some of the people that we're used to depending on to serve the body within the church, uh, they won't be able to serve because of their... Oh, sure. Because of the risk that they would have to accept in order to serve. And so that's going to just create opportunity for other people to serve. You know, I was talking to one of the nurses at my uh, primary care doctor's office, and I and I said, "What what is your guys' response to this? What does this look like?" And she's she happens to be the youngest person on staff, and she said, "Well, I volunteered that if someone comes in and we suspect that they've had the virus, that I will suit up, but I'll be the one to test them because I." I'm the least likely to be impacted by this virus out of our staff. And so here's the youngest of the staff looking to serve the rest of the staff. And, and that, and it becomes inverted, Hmm. you know, the, the the first and the last, right? Jesus talks about the first and the last. And, and it, there's this kind of, and life has a tendency to bring these opportunity where, you're used to serving, and now you have to be served, and you're used to being served, and now you have to serve. Yeah. I mean, is what it is. Yeah. We get to, we get to roll with it. Uh, you know, Molly brought up the other day, uh, I think it was in our, our church Slack channel that we were discussing some stuff, and she brought up that maybe this was, uh, maybe maybe uh, the coronavirus, God's way of making an entire nation take a rest. I, I, coming off of the Genesis series and talking about that, I thought it was hilarious, um, or at least mildly ironic. Yeah. Which most irony I find hilarious. So like we all just gotta slow down. Man. Um. In my life, God has done that to me so many times, I'm, where I refuse to slow down, and then all of a sudden, the brakes in the car just lock up, and you're, you're like, like ah, "Nope, you get to stop for a bit. Going nowhere." I think that's a fast. It's kind of a fun little bit there. Yeah. I want to bring it back, Marty. You you were segueing into this a little bit, and then we then we didn't segue to this, but I really want to get here because this is this is fun conversation um, of uh, the the motivation, the driving between mm. behind how we react to stuff. Yeah. So, for example, you know, people going out and stocking up on uh, supplies, right? Well, that could be a good thing, right? Um, because you might be taking care of your family. You want to be prepared and, and that can be fine. That can also go the opposite way of I'm terrified. And so I'm going to buy all of the toilet paper, more toilet paper than I would need in a year because I heard that we were going to run out of toilet paper. So I need to make sure that I get my toilet paper because we might run out and thus everyone does that. Now we're out of toilet paper. Um, but it's stocked up or I, there was some guy that bought all of the hand sanitizer. I was reading this. This guy's the like worst. 17,000 bottles. Yeah, like 17,000 bottles. They cleaned out, like they drove around with a U-Haul when this started happening. Him and his stepbrother or something like that drove around with a U-Haul and cleaned out like all these little mom and pop shops, like all over the place in a couple of different states back in like Tennessee or something. And now he, but then he was going to resell it on Amazon and they mark it up, Right. And then Amazon stopped him from reselling because they're clamping down on, like, Amazon is clamping down on people um, marking up things 
to make a ton of profit, which is hilarious. We're just going to leave that there and not touch it. Um, we'll <laughs> let you do with that what you will. Go uh, find the meaning of this. Giggle, giggle. But uh, so they're clamping down. So this guy's stuck with like 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer that he's bought in his garage or whatever. He should build a bigger garage so that right? he can. Biblical illusion for anybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, something oh, about building yeah. a silo? What? I'll build bigger barns. Yeah. There we go. Go and find the meaning of this. Hmm. But the the concept here behind it, uh, I and I was I was listening to your podcast, the Baymuck podcast, a couple days ago. Uh, one of the Matthew episodes, talking, and you and Brent got to talking about good eye, bad eye, or uh, Aim. Uh, I'm gonna get it. Aim Ra'a and Aim Tova. Aeen, but yes. Aeen, ah, oh, I was close. You're so good. I was so close. One of these days, I'm gonna not screw up Hebrew. <laughs> yep. Ayin no, Ra'a, it's not true. The, the uh, evil yeah. eye and Ayin Tova, the good eye. Okay. Yes. And so, and looking at it, and this 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 concept of looking at things with a a good eye or looking at it with a bad eye, which um, we had a couple stories that uh, this ties into. Obviously, in Matthew, early on, in I think it's chapter seven, it's the 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 log in the eye. Is it th- is it that story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ties in with that, um, and then Rob, you had one. This is 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 this confirmed now or mild mildly cons- confirmed, presumed confirmed? Is that the? I'm going to say presumed because presumed confirmed because that it's sounds Matthew. very Corona ish. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's out of Matthew, which I don't trust the Greek in Matthew. I okay. think Matthew was originally written in the Hebrew, mm. so the Greek isn't consistent with the other gospel writers. Okay. Um, and but but it appears the way that we use the word and translate the word, I think it's probably going to be I think it's going to be right. But there's no way to know for sure without a Hebrew text. And this uh, this story is coming out of chapter twenty, right, Rob? You it's, got it pulled up. Yep, yeah, chapter twenty, and Jesus is talking about the the uh, landowner that goes out and and hires some people, and, and they work all day, and then he continues to go out, and, and at the eleventh hour he finds another group, and he says. Why are you not working? And they said, well, no one hired us. And he goes, well, get to work. Well, so he pays the folks that work the least, for, mm-hmm. that work for one hour, he pays them a full day's wage. And he pays them first. And then he, and then finally the people that have been working all day long, they show up and they're like, why did you pay them the same as you paid us? And uh, this is an illusion that... The uh, working in the heat of the day is that uh, is that the illusion? As far as that is an illusion, but I don't know if it's an illusion to what you're thinking. Yeah, so it's an illusion to uh, how the Jews see themselves in their relationship Correct. with God in right. the world. Yeah, they they've borne this burden of keeping Torah and mm. walking a straight path. They've borne that it, through the middle of just incredibly oppressive the heat of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, and so. Um, Jesus is, is alluding through this story that the Gentiles are going to be invited in, even though they haven't bore the heat of the day. And Man, I'm uh, stoked. And he's very excited about and that. And he says, uh, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my, with what is my own? Is your eye, it says envious, but the, the best translation for that word would be evil because I am good. Mm. 
And the good eye is connected to generosity, which I think is the other translations translate that because yeah. I am generous. Because I'm generous. Yeah. And which I love that because that's not about equity or fairness. The implication of that teaching would be because uh, the, the translation usually goes, Are you envious because I'm generous? But that would actually be the secondary. What what if that's if that's accurate and that's what Jesus is driving at? He's not driving at the secondary implication of this. He's really getting at the root of it. Do you not trust that generosity will win out in the end? Right. Do you have an evil eye, a scare like what you're talking about, Logan? Is scarcity? It's scarcity and abundance. Scarcity worldview. Yeah. Do you have a? Do you think there's not enough to go around? And so you're upset that I would bless all the outsiders. Because I'm generous, I have a good eye. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, "God, God says in the parable, I'm I have a good eye. I have generosity, uh, and yet you you're afraid that there's not enough generosity to go around. Yeah. And so you have an evil eye. Yeah, you have a scarcity eye. I love that. That's fantastic. And I remember, uh, just as a young man, I had a tendency to tear down other people because I didn't like what I saw myself. And so I figured if I tore down other, other people, I'd bring them down a little bit lower. Makes me look better. Makes me Absolutely. look better. That is an effective tactic. Yeah. Right? Maybe. It's a maybe, tactic. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, and when we're in this... Like, the conversations I've heard already this week has had to do with how many hours are we going to get to work this month? Sure. Are we going to be able to pay rent? Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Is there going to be enough food? There's a lot of fear out there. Yeah. And it's completely understandable. And if we just take care of each other, it's going to be okay. Yep. It's going to be okay. Well, I mean, that's the, when we start clamping down and we start saying, you you start when you start living out of this 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 bad eye this this worldview of scarcity that there's not going to be enough that I'm not going to have enough not trusting that God's going to provide um you know we talked about this in Genesis you know a couple weeks ago I finished up with the uh the Matthew if if God provides for the birds you know then how much more is he going to provide for you right right um and I think you followed it the next week, and that was in the sermon. Like we've we've talked about this a couple of weeks leading into this, which is oddly appropriate. It's like God was involved, maybe. Um, but as we, you know, as we as we look at this, of our, it, it's going to test us. Are we going to be scared that we are not going to have enough? That am I going to be scared? Care group rules apply here. Am I going to be scared? that I'm not going to have enough, and so therefore I'm not going to be willing to share, you know, to share toilet paper. I, I can't believe we're fighting over toilet paper. Like, am I going to be willing <laughs> to share some of my abundance of toilet paper? I know somebody with with a plethora of single-ply. A pl- Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm not I'm not gonna out him, but uh we hear we hear there's a there's a plethora. Yikes. Uh but I mean like so well I found a half a Costco pack that I had because I go through toilet paper real fast. Not at all. Um that's sarcasm. I think I've had the same Costco pack for almost a year 
at my house because it, it's just me. So my, I found about a half a Costco use your bathroom pack every week. So. I know that they use ninety percent of my toilet paper, probably. Um, <laughs> yikes! Uh, Jacob's loving the fact he's here for this. Um, so like, I I just don't go through it that fast. So I found a, a half a pack underneath my stairs, and I was like, oh well, I'm loaded. Now there's two options that I could do here. Well, there's three. Um, option one, I can well, hoard it and squirrel it away and be like, well, I might not have toilet paper for months, right? And and that's, I mean, that's an option. Um, but if my neighbor comes over and's like, hey, uh, so I'm out of toilet paper. Can you spare a square? A little Seinfeld reference there. Uh, you know, can you, <laughs> do you got some extra? Like, we're, we're out. What am I going to do? Am I going to, no, 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 because I, I have to prep, I have to protect myself. I might run out so I can't share versus no. Yeah. I got plenty like here. I'm, I'm going to be fine. It'll be okay. I'm going to share. Um, or third option. I start selling it for $10 a roll. Hit me up if you need some, <laughs> you know, like what, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? Yeah. And, and, and Jesus towards the end of, his uh, sermon on the mount just just wants to drive home the the point that we can't l- let fear drive us mm-hmm. if we're going to be disciples of Christ if we're going to help bring kingdom be part of that and participate in it we cannot let fear drive us well that ties right back to genesis 3 the fear of not being enough yeah and you know, we tied that back with Cain and Abel, the fear of, of not being enough, not being able to produce with the tree and Adam and Eve and the serpent of yep. you're not enough. What God said you, what God, God said you were this, but somehow that's not going to be enough. So we need to grasp for more and we're going to let the fear drive us. Yeah. It, it all comes right back together, which I'm, I'm finding to be, I don't know. I just. I, I like it. That's that'll preach. It's good it stuff. So I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Living out faith in a pandemic society. It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, I feel fine. Oh, okay. Me too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Marty, thanks for joining us yet again. Always a blast. Always a pleasure. Every time I'm in town. Which is not nearly those. enough. Not nearly enough. Not yeah. nearly enough. But uh so you're you uh what what do you got going on? What's what's going on in the world of Marty these days? Well, staying home a lot more. A lot of my speaking engagements are being canceled. Appropriately so. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yep. So we're moving. We're moving to uh Cincinnati in June. Leaving so the police. We're getting ready for that. Okay. As a family does. Are you moving across the country? Driving through Missoula on your way? No, we're going to head a little further south, I think. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm pretty sure if I skip my parents' house in order to come here. Oh, yeah. I may. Oh. Yeah, no, that I would. may have to pay the price on that one. That would be problematic. Yeah. That would take be, the low uh, road. Aim raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Plus, we got on the schedule. Lots right. of, uh, we'll be running on adrenaline until about November, I'm sure. All right. All right. Yeah. Impact. Charging right along. Impact's doing their thing as much as I can with a president that's moving 
across the country. We've got a couple of key sabbaticals in our organization. So 20, President being you. Yes, that'd be yeah. me. So 2020 is kind of a year of... Uh, right now, you can pray for us because all of our campuses, obviously... Oh, yeah, they're all shut down. Almost all of them are saying students don't come back. So we have everything from international students who are stranded on campus. <clears throat> Most campuses who are keeping dorms open and food services, at least... Sure. Minimally. At least minimal. Yeah. And so that's good. Some of them aren't. And so some of our... Are, we're we're a little we have a big meeting tomorrow. We're a little bananas right now trying to figure out what does it mean to do campus ministry. So we're just sure. going to try to hold hold down the fort and do our jobs through 2020 and maybe get some new some new vision after a couple sabbaticals and after I move and nice. So that's what impact looks like for 2020. Okay. And Bama podcast roaring away. Bama, we're just uh, we've got things recorded. We're recorded right now through November, and by the time the next three or four weeks, especially by the time I move, we'll have all five sessions done and in the hopper, and they'll just kind of be coming out every Thursday. And let me get moved, let me get settled, and you'll we'll run out episodes about January, or February of twenty twenty one. Nice. And then we'll by then we'll have some new resources, some new material we're going to start creating. So. That's awesome. Lots of goodies. You Super can find cool. that at any of your favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any but of those? BMA podcasts is easy to find. B-E-M-A. Find it on uh, pretty much any. There's a there's a couple podcasting apps we're not on, but go to bmadiscipleship.com. Go to impactcampusministries.com. Yep. There you go. Yeah. What I love about the podcast is they're just they're bite-sized. They're yep. 20, 30 minutes typically. Bite-sized chunks. Delectable. Delectable yes. bite-sized chunks. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Oh, you're making me hungry. And what a better thing to do as you're practicing social distancing. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And just learn about well, the Bible. Socially distance. You can either, one, you can use a bad eye and go binge Netflix, or you can use a good eye <laughs> and binge your Bama podcast. What a wonderful. Oh. Boom. Wonderful also, point. your footnotes and Mission Ridge sermons. Go uh, ahead and catch up on those. That'd be Tov Mayod. Tov Mayod. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm starving now. So yeah. I feel like this has been a delightful episode of Footnotes. Uh thanks for all your input on this, Jacob. Yep. Uh that was that was a that was a joy call out right there. Yeah, it was. Although you've said about twenty more words than her. Yeah. We've actually had joy in the room for this podcast. You just didn't know it. Um so anyway, uh thanks for joining us. Uh <laughs> let us know if you need anything during this craziness and uh we'll uh catch you on the flip side. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more Footnotes.